Four flatmates live together in Wellington, New Zealand. They share chores, they overcome conflict, and they enjoy the nightlife of the city. The only catch? They're vampires, and they feed on the living. In this mockumentary of vampires living together in the big city, the combined talents of Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement come together to provide one of the funniest black comedies in years, 2014's What We Do in the Shadows. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. And this is the last Friday episode of Filmgasm. Welcome to the end of an era, listeners. If you tuned into this past Wednesday's episode on Near Dark, you'll know that this is the last Friday episode for the Filmgasm podcast. We're doing this so we can shift a bit of focus onto launching our new series, Oscar Sunday, in the next month, maybe sooner. We will still be doing a Filmgasm episode every Wednesday, discussing a different genre film every week like we've been doing. And of course, you can tune into Oscar Sunday every Sunday. Be weird if that was on like a Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So you had said in the Near Dark episode that what we do in the shadows is your favorite vampire movie. Is that still accurate? A hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, the day after we recorded that, I watched what we do in the shadows again. This is I'd seen it in theaters and then I saw it, you know, again uh, in my own time. And this is my third time seeing it. It just escalates exponentially in quality and how funny it is, how how Taika Waititi's career has gone since then, the past six years to yeah. look back to look back on that. It, yeah, it's just a genius, genius work from him. I'm a huge Flood of the Concords fan from mm-hmm. HBO. And so Jermaine, Jermaine and Brett have always been, you know, heroes of mine. Uh, and Taika actually directed two episodes of that show. And so there's just this, this world of these guys that uh, they, they're willing to push, push these buttons that no one else is and allow themselves to make fun of themselves while doing it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's so refreshing. It's, this movie is really, really funny. And it's actually, I think, what, what struck me this time was how awesome the costumes are, the makeup, uh, the production design, all those things that are hitting as well, which is why I think it's so easily rewatchable. For such a low budget, it accomplishes so much. The, the special effects are surprisingly really good. Yeah. The characters are unforgettable, and it's really, like, the, it's realistic. That's the weirdest thing. Like, this movie really kind of makes you believe this could work. Like, vampires could just live in New Zealand and have a life strange it really i think you know the mockumentary style really helps sell that of course but i think the performances are so great that they just make these characters pop (laughs) yeah yeah i i mean yeah taika and jermaine have the i want to see them in more movies um because they have some some kind of comedic connection that i just you just don't see very often you know and and the and the fact that they're also doing the writing and the directing, <laughs> and, and like you said, to use a one million dollar budget and accomplish all of these things and still look like a really nice film, it's just awesome. Yeah, we were actually uh, for longtime listeners, we had planned to do this film as the bonus for our Salem's Lot episode back in the day, but we had trouble getting a hold of it in time, so we ended up settling for the Monster Squad. So I think it's oddly fitting that this film ends up being the last friday episode it's like it was meant to finally be done on the show you know yeah yeah i love that too that happens a lot here on film guys where things will just kind of fall into place and yeah it felt like we called it out at you know back in the past you had called it out like we got to do that we wanted to do that and neither of us had owned it at the time and it just yeah just feels right that we would do my favorite my favorite vampire movie and a movie that I think you hold in the same regard because you really, really, really like vampire movies. And you've seen yes, way more. You've seen way more than I have. You know, you've gone gone down that rabbit hole deeper than I have. But uh, yeah, Near Dark and this one are just I, I found it. I find it to be such an interesting week of vampire films for here for here on Filmgasm because of how how different they are, but how they both accomplish like what I want out of a, a vampire film, which is atmosphere, tone. Uh, allowing it to be funny, which is what what we do in the shadows does so well, and uh, just costumes and makeup, you know, that's 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 uh, that's all you need. Sure, these I think both these films are on opposite ends of a spectrum. Yes, I feel like Near Dark is like as far as you can go for the dramatic side of a low budget vampire movie, and then yes. what we do in the shadows is how far you can get with a black comedy. Exactly, and they both kind of balance each other very well. I think it was a good pick uh, for these two to work together this week. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Like you said, yeah, this is it. This is our last Friday one. So yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a good film. I, I if you haven't seen this, Jesus Christ, uh, turn this <laughs> off. Turn this off. Go check it out. It's only like an hour and what twenty five minutes or something. Go check it out. Come back because <laughs> yeah, this this is gonna be a lot of fun. For sure. So what we do in the shadows was written and directed by Jermaine Clement and Oscar winner Taika Waititi. Waititi won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay last year for Jojo Rabbit, which he also got a producing nomination for, since it was nominated for Best Picture. In addition, he was also nominated for Best Live Action Short Film for his 2004 short Two Cars, One Night, which he shared with Ainsley Gardiner. Waititi took off with What We Do in the Shadows, but it was 2017's Thor Ragnarok that made him a major Hollywood player. He's set to direct the follow-up, Thor Love and Thunder, set for release in 2022, and he's also set to direct a Star Wars film set for release in 2024. So Finally. He, yeah, he's become one of the biggest players in Hollywood, thanks to Thor. And then Jojo Rabbit got him, you know, Oscar acclaim up the wazoo. So he is straddling the line in the best way. <laughs> he's got yeah, yeah. His, his, his blockbuster franchises and his indie films, and they're both just excelling. The guy is, is great. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, and that's like that's what you want as a you know fans like us. We want a guy who's like a Swiss Army knife who can just do it all, who can do anything. He can he can direct, he can write, he can act. You know, he can do all of these things all at the same time. And it's that's those are very special people, for sure. And I cannot wait to see. Like I know he's gonna do Thor. I know he's gonna do Star Wars. But I I'm more excited about what he's gonna do in between those movies. The little stuff that's gonna come out of that. The next Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. What's, yeah. 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 What's his next? Yeah out there film that we don't have any source material for um that i i'm i'm with you on that because yeah I, I, i'm not a huge star wars fan but jesus to me he seems like the the perfect guy to take take the helm and um not take it too seriously because uh that's an issue that i think the star wars films have had they take themselves way too seriously and yeah. think that they're the greatest you know gift to gift to film it's just not true look at the mcu man look at the mcu and the understanding they had as it went on of all right, let's not take ourselves too seriously here. Let's allow the director to direct, and 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 let them use use these characters in different ways. Like it's that simple. <laughs> and I think I I think that Taika with a Star Wars movie is gonna get me is gonna get my ass into that into that theater. So uh, that's that's a big deal for you know fans like myself who are kind of teetering the line of like oh man Star Wars just hasn't been coming through the past five years. Like you know aside from Force Awakens, I don't think. I don't think anything else is like that, you know, ah, it just doesn't really get to me. And I, I do think Force Awakens is solid, but I would like to see more of that. And I think Taika can bring that to the table. So exciting. But I echo you. I'm with you. I'll always be with you. I want to see what I want to see what's in his mind. I want to see what his new, you know, written and directed by Taika Waititi, you know, completely original. I can't wait for whatever that is. Well, also, here's hoping that Kathleen Kennedy and Disney lets him put his own style into Star Wars, because They've had issues with that in the past. Like for yeah. uh, Solo, um, the two guys who did the Lego movie were going to do it, and they had serious clashings with Disney over the tone of the film. They got fired. Ron Howard got put on it and made it kind of a generic Star Wars movie. Yeah. There wasn't really any style to it anymore. And I'm worried that they're going to do the same thing to Taika because – that's been Star Wars. thing. you have to stick with the mold or else you can't play ball. The exception has been John Favreau's Mandalorian, which fucking rocks because he's allowed to do his own thing with it. Yeah. I don't know. Disney, <sighs> at least, you know, Marvel has been they weren't that great with that at first. But since I would say Winter Soldier, they've kind of yes, let, a exactly. let the directors put their own t style on it as long as they played ball with the bigger themes. And that's which fine. Is, yeah, which is OK. I mean, ultimately, we go to Star Wars to see Star Wars, to see lightsabers yeah. and to see giant ships in the in the you know, in the in the fucking sky. That's what why we go. But I for me and you, I think and I think a lot of Star Wars fans who are just kind of tired would love to see something that does have that style that you can point to and be like, that's Taika's Star Wars film, you know, because you yeah. just can't you can't do that with these recent ones. You just can't like they're like you said, they're kind of. That like solo is just like ah oh, man like there's stuff there you got cool actors there what are you doing like it's just another generic okay you know it, yeah just another generic two hours of entertainment like I don't know I I yeah I mean I'm worried of course because like you said it's Disney but um I I have hope that 
Taika would take the job only if he has free reigns. Exactly. He doesn't need to do a Star Wars movie. Hell no. But if he's given the opportunity, I'm sure he's going to do it his way. Yeah. And, and I and just really hope Disney lets him do that. Yeah, that's very exciting if, it, if it's if it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. We'll find out in 2024. Uh, Jermaine Clement received critical acclaim for his short-lived HBO comedy series Flight of the Concords, which he co-created and starred in. He received eight Emmy nominations for his work on that show. He's also appeared in such films as Men in Black 3, Muppets Most Wanted, The BFG, Moana, The Lego Batman Movie, and he is scheduled to appear in all of James Cameron's Avatar sequels as Dr. Ian Garvin, whoever that is. <laughs> Cameron is betting heavily on avatar two three four and five and uh jermaine clement set to appear in all of those jeez <laughs> jesus christ i i hope avatar 2 is a huge bomb because oh yeah me too. <laughs> me too i have i have never i i well i was i was a fan of that movie the first night i saw it in theaters and then after that i just kind of like forgot it and then i saw it again and i was like this is not good it's not a good movie <laughs> it, it's not it really isn't I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I just don't see I don't see why I need to go to the theater for that or put any effort into seeing a second one. <laughs> the ship has sailed on a franchise for this film. Yeah. I mean, it's been, what, 2009? So it's been 11, 11 years since <laughs> Avatar came out. Nobody is itching for Avatar 2 anymore, let alone Avatar 5. <laughs> Ugh, God. That's ego. Pure and simple, that's ego. That's I am James Cameron. Everyone wants to see my movies. Because, I mean, why wouldn't he have that ego? Everything he's made has been an enormous success. Yeah. Yeah. He needs a failure to bring him back down to Earth. <laughs> but uh, the first thing I ever saw Jermaine Clement in was Men in Black 3 as Boris the Animal, the bad guy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, That's, this guy's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's been all over the place, man. I, I mean, Moana, take it or leave it, but it's that scene is incredible. That song is incredible. And he, you know, he does all that. He writes, you know, writes his music and what him and Brett do in, in Fly the Concords is com comedic gold. The whole, the whole, the whole show. And I also would like to point out that Reese Darby is my favorite part of that show. He is, he's the band, he's the band manager during the entire show. And he, he's to me the, the, you know, the engine of it. But uh, Jermaine and Brett, it, there's just this, this dryness, this understanding of timing that I, I just, you just don't see very often, and Jermaine has it down to a T. <laughs> Reese Darby is fucking hilarious. That dude is one of the most underrated performers. He's hilarious in this. Hell yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Werewolf pack leader. <laughs> he's he's um I I I saw a Yes Man was on TV and I was like scrolling through and I saw <laughs> it and uh, like one of my favorite scenes from that movie. It's it's not a great movie, but uh, it's got got some stuff in it that's funny and. At one point, Reese Darby's character is uh, talking to Jim Carrey's character, and he's like, you know, puts out his puts out his fist, and he's like, oh, <laughs> and Jim Carrey kind of misses it, like for a fist bump, and he's like, oh, I was just gonna fist you there. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally forgot, totally forgot that I was in this movie. <laughs> oh. And he just, you know, he kind of like just misses, you know, oh, yeah, God, he's hilarious. And then he has in that movie also he has a he hosts a Harry Potter marathon. And uh, they finish they finish Chamber of Secrets and he's like, all right, all aboard. Next stop, Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's so My funny. God. What a nerd. I love yeah. it. Yeah, he is. He's so goofy. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the film was based on the 2005 short film, What We Do in the Shadows, Interviews with Some Vampires, which... <laughs> which featured the characters of Deacon, Nick, and Stu, as well as Jermaine Clement playing the character of Volvis the Abhorrent. And I haven't seen this short, but I want to find it, because that's funny as hell. Yeah, we, we, we definitely need to do some some digging and try to find that. Yeah, I wonder if it's on the Blu-ray I have. I'll have to take a look. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good call. I mean, um, I want to say, yeah, I don't think it'd be, like, on YouTube. Um, that's too, that's probably too rare. You know, you gotta, like, find it, like you said, like a special feature or something. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the cast. Taika Waititi plays Viago, a well-groomed vampire loosely based on Lestat from Interview with the Vampire. All of the principal characters are based, their style is based off of famous fictional vampires, which I love. I love that. Yes, yes. And Viago is, he's soft-spoken. He's, he's, you know, he's kind of a, a dork. 
<laughs> Even in death, he's a dork. <laughs> and Taika just plays him beautifully. The guy's such an artist, he really can do it all. Yeah, I yeah, uh, right from the get-go, you know, uh, Viago wakes up and he's like, oh, first off, I mean, just the, the the touch of him, like, coming up out of the coffin and he's like, oh, <laughs> and can barely, and then finally does it. And just, just the way, yeah, he brings you into this world is so easy. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, hold my hand. I'm right there with you, Taika. Like you just, he, he, he has such a way of uh, being able to do everything, obviously, but, but just sucking you into his world, you know? And it's yeah. so special. It's so bizarre and weird that you need to know what's going to happen next. Yes. Yes. That's, all of his movies have had that quality of like, what the fuck is this? But I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like the attitude, like, I think people saw the Jojo Rabbit trailer, and they're like, no, I'm good, or they're like, you and I, and we're like, yeah, we're in, like, let's yeah. go see that, let's go see them fuck with the the ridiculous Nazi teachings, let's do that, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody I talked to about that movie, every, I tried to sell it as, you know, oh, this, not, this Nazi youth has a imaginary Hitler best friend, and he's loving being a Nazi, it's hilarious, let's go see it, and everyone was like, what the fuck? Yeah, what's what's wrong with you? Yeah. How do you sell that movie to anybody? <laughs> you can't. What? You just, when you watch it, it's brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you watch when you're in the movie, and you Jojo Rabbit is one of those you do have to watch the entire thing to like really understand. Yeah. And get get inside of that movie because yeah, it's genius. I saw I know um somebody pointed out another little uh, Easter egg in that movie. So Ghost Hitler or Imaginary Hitler, however you want to see him, is constantly offering Jojo cigarettes. Hitler didn't smoke, and he was very anti-cigarettes, which shows that Jojo really knows nothing about Hitler. I, I love that. Little touches like that. It's brilliant. Oh, man. I, that's, that's genius. I did not – obviously didn't catch that. That's awesome. <laughs> ah, so great. Uh, Jermaine Clement plays Vladislav the Poker, a vampire based off of Gary Oldman's Dracula, loosely. He's easily my favorite vampire of the of the four. He is hilarious. He's crazy, and he he has serious problems with his ex. He's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite little bit is that he can transform into animals, but he can't transform the face. <laughs> so it's just a cat with his face. <laughs> so weird. That's great. Uh, Johnny Brew plays Deacon, their hot-headed flatmate based loosely on Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Brew would also later appear in an episode of the TV show that came out of the film, but uh, he's also st done a lot of work in New Zealand, a lot of stuff I've never heard of, which goes to which uh, is with a lot of these guys. This was a New Zealand production, so a lot of these actors came out of New Zealand soap operas or little movies that were made primarily in New Zealand that we've never even fucking heard of, obviously. But, you know, this is an international podcast. <laughs> we go yeah, yeah, at this point, yeah, it is. <laughs> we've gone to Japan, we've gone to South Korea, we've gone to New Zealand, we've gone to England many times. That's just, you know, how we roll. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Corey Gonzalez McCure plays Nick, the new vampire who the rest of the gang finds insufferable. Gonzalez McCure has written for a handful of New Zealand TV shows, including Wellington Paranormal and Seven Days, the former of which was created by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi and is a spinoff of this film. So, yeah, cool that he's kind of stayed in their zone as well. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows has an IMDb score of 7.7, .7, Rotten Tomatoes score of 96%. It was a modest success, grossing nearly 7 mil on a budget of 1.6 mil. And it's since garnered critical and fan acclaim as a cult classic. Well deserved. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, yeah, I adore this film. I think those numbers like just kind of speak for themselves. You know, uh, a movie that only made you know made under 10 million at the theater is able to you know 96% standing strong after six years and 7.7 uh, .7 on IMDb. As we know, IMDb is very harsh, uh, and they they do not give out like 8.5s or whatever lightly. So. A 7.7 .7 is actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Anything above a 7 is considered, like, really good for them. Yes, yes. But even that, like, this movie didn't really gross that much, but it created – it gave Taika Waititi a career. It spawned a uh, bunch of TV spinoffs. <laughs> it has, like, kind of 
started a franchise in a weird way. People just love this movie because it's nothing. It's like nothing else. There's no other film like this. No, no. And if you are, if you are into the vampire movies and films, this is so rewarding because of the, the tropes that it kind of, you know, like it's obviously a mockumentary, the tropes that goes over. And like you said, that Viago, Vladislav and Deke, and they all have these Dracula type, you know, like they're very similar to these certain Draculas that have already been played before. All that stuff is really rewarding as it goes on. And that's, that's kind of stuff that we like already in movies. And so yeah. if it's thrown into a mockumentary, it's just, yeah, it's just very, very cool. Yes, indeed. So let's dig into the plot of this movie. Uh, hilarious. So from the get-go, we we are introduced to this documentary crew who are making a documentary about this undead or the unholy masquerade, this yearly uh, ball for vampires and witches and zombies and other undead creatures. And this documentary follows a group of vampires months in the months leading up to this ball. And each member of the crew is given a crucifix and given protection, which makes me wonder, like, who is paying for this? Who, like, who sanctioned this documentary? (laughs) (laughs) We never find out. We never find out, like, why this is happening, who the hell's paying for this. And I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So we meet Viago first. He uh, comes out of his coffin Nosferatu style, turns off his alarm clock, goes to open the window to make sure that it's nighttime. He's like, it's the scariest part of the day. And he opens the curtain. Ah, nighttime. <laughs> so great. Oh, I love that so much. It's like, it's also, it's, it's like he's, you know, what, yeah, he's 379 years old. So why, why does he not know that at each, that each time of the day that it is indeed dark? You know, like, how do you not... <laughs> true but i feel like if you were a vampire and you knew that if you looked at the sun you were going to burst into flames you'd be you'd be pretty careful yeah just yeah just in case yeah which is why it makes it so funny is that yeah and he's like ah the relief that he has after seeing that it's nighttime all right (laughs) he takes the crew through their house to wake up his flatmates first he wakes up deacon who is sleeping like a bat in a closet he opens the door and he just goes like, like a, they all do that all the time. <laughs> he tells him we're going to have a flat meeting in the kitchen in 15 minutes. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> he goes to talk to Deacon and I mean, uh, to uh, Vladislav next and <laughs> opens the door and it looks like he's having an orgy. In yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he closes the door awkwardly, looks at the camera like, ooh. And then the door opens and Vladislav's like, what? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> He's like, we're having a flat meeting in 15 minutes. He just goes, 20, and closes the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! And then for the final uh, flatmate, Viago goes and puts a live chicken in a bag and starts going down into the basement. And we're like, what's about to happen here? He starts talking about his other flatmate, Peter, who is 8,000 years old. And uh, he lives in a stone slab cave. So he, Viago drags the stone slab away to reveal basically Nosferatu just laying like standing there upright. And he touches him and he kind of, you know, lashes out. Viago closes the door, throws the chicken in there. It's so fucking weird. (laughs) I love my favorite is that Viago is like, uh, it's, you know, he's like commenting on how dirty, how dirty it is. I could bring a broom if you want to sweep yeah. up these skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And yeah, the sound the chicken makes after Peter gets a hold of it is like, ah! <laughs> mm. so good. Oh, man. <laughs> so they have the, the flatmate meeting where they, uh, Viago complains that somebody is not performing their chores and it's Deacon who never fucking washes the dishes. He's had the dish, like he's had dish duty for hundreds of years, and he never washes the dishes. And Vladislav starts talking about that he dragged a body into his room, and he looked back, and there was no dust, so he kind of dusted the hallway. <laughs> oh, oh man! 
Viago goes to the chore wheel and is like, look, it's been you for dishes for years. Do the dishes. And he's like, I'll do the dishes. And they have like a vampire face off where they both fly into the, into the air and start like hissing at one another. <laughs> I love that when they look at the, they pan over to all the dishes that are just piled up to like the ceiling and there's blood all over them. <laughs> and Viago's like, yes, if we have visitors, like we need, we, I'm embarrassed. And he's like, we kill all the visitors. <laughs> Yes, but I want them to have a good time while they're here. <laughs> Somebody got uh, blood all over my antique couch. Oh, the red one? Well, it's red now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then we cut to Deacon washing the dishes, and he just mutters, this is bullshit. And then yeah, and we he, cut to the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, and he's like a... Uh, Deacon's... Yeah, he's the Nazi one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the Nazi. Nazi so vampire? About... Not good. <laughs> We learn about who all these people were before they were vampires. Viago is a 379-year-old dandy who originally traveled to New Zealand in the 1910s to find the love of his life, Catherine. But his um, his servant put the wrong postage on the package, and the trip took 18 months. <laughs> and by the time he got to New Zealand, his beloved was married, and he didn't want to mess with that. Weird morals for a vampire, but I'll take it. <laughs> pretty depressing when he tells that story yes 18 so got, months <laughs> and then it took 18 months and she was in love and married <laughs> sad yeah it really is yeah vladislav is 862 years old and he was once a feared uh murderer psychopath vampire known as vladislav the poker they used to poke people <laughs> and he's Obviously supposed to be, you know, Vlad the Impaler, the original Dracula is supposed to be him. But then he had an encounter with his arch nemesis, the Beast, and it broke him. And he's never been the same since. And we find out later who the Beast is, and it's fucking hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Deacon is 183 years old, and he used to be a Nazi. <laughs> he, he was um, <laughs> he was bitten by Peter. After he went to go sell his wares to a creepy castle and Peter bit him and he's like, and we've been friends ever since <laughs> Peter's in this like chair. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so goofy. I love it. Friends ever since. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, I love what he's talking about his time as a Nazi. And he's like, when the Nazis lost the war, I don't know if you're aware of that, but the Nazis lost that war <laughs> and it was really bad to be a Nazi. But it was even worse to be a vampire. And if you were a Nazi vampire, no way. Just yeah, all these things, you know, that are happening, like when you're, you're learning this and it's like, you know, the, the documentary style. I love those bits because you got like Deacon. He's like sitting in the chair, like with his leg up and he's just like a douchebag. But he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you, Nazi vampire, not good. <laughs> not a good combination. <laughs> All those little things that, like, you know, just serve towards each character. Uh, <laughs> like, like Vladislav looking like he's having an orgy the first time we see him. It's like, okay, this guy, I, yeah, I know who this guy is. You know, it's just, those, those little things are so genius from Taika. For sure. And we never learn anything about Peter beyond that he's 8,000 years old and is barely even recognizable as a, as a person anymore. And, and, and is, pretty, is pretty scary. Like, actually pretty scary. That, there are that, some moments in this movie that are actually really good horror scenes. Yes. <laughs> we'll get to those. So each night, Viago, Vladislav, and Deacon go out for a night on the town and try to prowl uh, for victims. And I love that they take the bus <laughs> into town. They're just sitting in the back of the bus. <laughs> They're trying to get dressed without a mirror. So everyone's like, the other vampires are drawing sketches of them to make the... To give them an idea of how they look. <laughs> I love when Deegan says, you know, be, being a vampire is very sexy. And then he, like, gestures to himself, like, see? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I love that bit. <laughs> oh. So they can't get into any clubs because a vampire has to be invited into, into a place before they can go in there. It's a kind of sucks. So nobody will invite them in any bars. So they go to the vampire bar which is a very sad and depressing place. There's like four people in there. A couple of them are dancing. <laughs> and uh, Deacon's familiar, uh, Jackie, shows up. And a familiar is a human who 
runs errands for vampires, does their bidding in hopes that one day the vampire will turn them. And we saw this in Blade, so we've talked about this. Yeah. And uh, Jackie kind of just picks up his laundry and cleans his house. And it's very clear he's never going to bite her. <laughs> he's he's just keeping her around. Yes. And she's frustrated because she's losing her youth and she wants to be a vampire. <laughs> Immortality, yeah. And Deacon requests uh, she bring virgins for a dinner party. He's like, <laughs> he's like one of each would be good. <laughs> a man, a woman. <laughs> one of... One of each would be good, yes, yes. There's this one brief bit that had me just dying when they're walking through this this the city and uh, they're explaining like why they're you know we go out every night and then this one like hoodie kid just yells out homos <laughs> and they stop at their tracks for a second and then just keep walking. <laughs> homos, yes, I know, yeah, I remember that part. So good. Those little things, yeah, again, you can keep pointing to them. Those little things are placed there on purpose. Oh, yeah. I bet a good chunk of this movie was improvised. Yeah. It just oh, feels yeah. like it. Yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, Taika is like one of those guys who probably has everything written down, and then somewhere in his back pocket he's like got notes for this is something that could happen in this scene. I think he knows, like like you said, I think he's like, – like a, like a rapper is able to freestyle – you know what I mean? Like almost on cue, like all the time with all these things that are just always racking around their brain. I feel like Tyke is a, a director that has his options and he's going to take them at free will. It's it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, for sure, man. I agree. This guy has a vision, but he lets everyone kind of play with it, yeah, which is exactly. the best kind of filmmaker. Anyone who's yeah. rigid never really works out. But anybody who lets the actors just kind of flow, you get a great product. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we see that with one of our, you and I are, are one of our favorite all-time directors. Quentin Tarantino is so good at having everything in place from the how the trash can looks to how Samuel L. Jackson is talking, but he loves his actors, loves them. So he allows them to always put their put their spin on it, and that's, that's huge. But then on the opposite side of that spectrum, you have the Coen brothers, who are famously anti-improv. Yes. They have everything established the way they want, but their films feel so organic. It's it's very uh, I think they're just you know, very talented at what they do. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's like yeah, they just have like an uncanny ability to write. Um, like they write like, the way people talk. Ex- exactly, exactly. That's the best way to put it. Big Lebowski yeah. seems like a giant improvised movie, but it's like no, 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 no. Every <laughs> single thing is written down. Every um, every dude, every fuck, it's in the script. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's so strange to watch that movie and know that. Know that they're not just kind of mumbling their way through this. There's a script that's very clearly, you know, this um, aggression will not stand. Like you have to. It's yeah. weird. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And it's, you know, like it's the it's what makes the key differences in in our the creators we love. I, I just yeah, Taika, I feel like is one of those guys who's going to be doing this for a long time. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just a, getting started. He's so special. Yeah. So then we go to the dinner party, which is. Maybe my favorite part of the movie. It's it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so Jackie brings with her uh, a woman who once insulted her in grade school and her ex-boyfriend from childhood, Nick. <laughs> I love Nick. <laughs> Nick is such a, an idiot. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a moron. <laughs> They're not virgins, so Deacon's a little upset at that. But they have a system. And they, they, Nick and, uh, what's the girl's name? I don't, I don't remember the girl's name. I can't, I can't either. Yeah. They're, uh, they sit down at the, at the table and Deacon's like, would you like biscotti? It's so, oh, oh, so weird. And Viago comes out with two cans of like canned spaghetti and just plops it on their plates. It's very clear that something bad is about to happen here they're idiots for not picking up on that (laughs) oh yeah my god just look yeah if someone throws that down (laughs) on a bowl in front of me i'm running yeah and they start they have a brief segment where they talk about uh why they like virgin blood (laughs) and (laughs) vladislav explains it perfectly in one of my favorite movie quotes of all time where he says imagine if you had a sandwich you would enjoy it more if you knew nobody had fucked it (laughs) 
<laughs> oh boy. It it oddly makes uh, makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. Virgin blood. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> they uh Deacon starts hypnotizing Nick and says, you know, I didn't know you enjoyed eating worms. It makes worms appear on the plate. And Nick kind of is like, oh, there's worms on that plate. He has, like, no emotions. It's so weird. And Deegan's like, we took that from the Lost Boys, but we put our own spin on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. God, I love that so much. Oh. He makes his dick look like a snake, and Nick freaks out. Like, oh, my, my dick's a snake. What do I do? <laughs> and Jackie, I didn't catch this the first time I saw it, but Jackie says to him, no one's going to mistake your dick for a cobra, I promise you. Oh, man. Yeah, this oh is god most, this is the, the most entertaining scene for sure god so after that nick tries to get the hell out of there and he's like these people they put some, they spike my spaghetti maybe think it's worms they turned my cock into a snake i don't know what to do <laughs> he's just panicked and he, he he tries to escape but then they're all coming after him yeah. and this is the part that's actually a pretty decent horror bit here when nick's trying to escape the house yeah it's pretty cool yes. And uh, he opens the door to see uh, Vihago biting the other the girl, but he like earlier he keeps fucking up and he keeps getting the vein and just Shit. blood spurts everywhere every time. I love that. And, and Viago's like, ah, shit, 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 like as if he stubbed his toe. <laughs> the first time it happens, he's like covered in blood. He's like, yep, I hit the main artery, so it's a real mess in there. <laughs> He's got a roll of paper towels, like that's gonna do something. <laughs> yeah, I hit one of the main arteries. <laughs> Makes you wonder how many times does he do this every time? <laughs> For hundreds of years. He's just shitty at the actual biting. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh god. So Nick tries to run, but the vampires keep coming at him. He opens a door, and Vladislav is in there as a cat with his face. <laughs> And the freakiest part is when he, like, he turns around and Viago, like, comes out of his backpack. Yes. That was a shocker. No, that's, that's, that's incredible horror, horror filmmaking right there. How did they even do that? The camera's on Nick the whole time. I don't because know. It's so, yeah, impressive special effects, especially in this scene. He throws the backpack and Viago starts climbing out of the backpack. And he just keeps running and keeps running. And they just are around every corner. He gets out the front door and he gets like just grabbed by Peter and ripped apart. And they're all like, Oh, Peter got him. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Shit. Two months later, Nick shows up at the house. He's a vampire now. <laughs> and he's a terrible fucking vampire. He's just flying through the sky. I love him trying to get in the window. It takes like 45 seconds. of just trying to like back through the window into their house. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause he's well, yeah, and he's talking about flying. He's like, "Well, that's cool. Like, I've always, you know, I think everybody wants to fly, so I can do that now." <laughs> they ask him like, "Why didn't you just come through the front door?" He's like, "Why would I? I'm flying." Yeah. <laughs> and he interrupts like Deacon's weird erotic dance. <laughs> yeah, you, well, yeah, Deacon and Nick right away have yeah have that friction. Oh yeah. <laughs> the vampires they accept Nick into their group because he knows the modern world. And he is able to get them into cool clubs. And he brings with, with him his uh, his human friend, Stu, this computer analyst guy who's just there. <laughs> and the questions the most, nothing. Yeah, the most normal looking guy ever. Yeah. And that guy, it's uh, Stu Davenport, I think his name is. Uh, no, Stu Rutherford, my mistake. But Stu Rutherford, um, he was a high school friend of Taika Waititi's who's just in this movie because he he's a friend. That's awesome. He wasn't supposed to have like many lines or even have a substantial part, but Taika edited it in such a way that Stu's a uh, considerable character. That's <laughs> and most so of the time awesome. he's just in the background, not even saying anything, just looking around like, eh. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. great. It's a, a wonderful touch, uh, like especially at this point in the movie where uh, uh, you, you cut, you're not longing for some kind of like human. But it, it does add to it. It adds to the comedy element that there's now an actual just straight up human hanging out with them. <laughs> but I just love that with all the shit that happens, he never once asks any questions. No. He's just like, no. 
whatever. <laughs> and uh, one day Nick uh, confesses to Stu that he's a vampire, and Stu just kind of like, oh, he's still my mate. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. No questions oh. about it. And they all make an agreement not to eat Stu because they like Stu. <laughs> yeah, I like Stu too. <laughs> That's great. He teaches them the internet. Viago uses the internet to find Catherine, the woman he lost uh, in the 1910s. She's now 96 years old. She's living in a, in a rest home. And he is like longing outside of her room, just kind of like trying to think of something to say. It's oddly sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you really, if this wasn't so silly at times, if you really broke that down for what it is, it's like very romantic and sad. <laughs> yeah. A guy traveling like, you know, through decades and wanting to, yeah, to like re rekindle whatever uh, relationship he had with Catherine. And she's almost 100 years old herself. It's it's cr- it's really crazy that they threw this in there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how they all like, you know, respond to the Internet, like Vladislav loves that on Facebook, you can poke people. His immediate reaction is like, wow, like, he yeah. looks at Stu like, oh, my God, is <laughs> is great. And uh, Viago uses Skype to connect with his old servant, Philip, who's this old man now who is immediately like, master, you promised to turn me. And now I'm an old man. And Viago just closes the computer. <laughs> They have no, these they don't give a shit about their familiars. I love it. <laughs> Nick is uh, struggling as a vampire. He thought it was really cool at first. Then he realized he can't eat human food. He vomits a lot in, the, in an alleyway after he has like one fry. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that seems sad too. Cause he's like, <laughs> he's like, can't even enjoy chips, mate. It's my favorite <laughs> food. I can't even have them. <laughs> that's all he gives a shit about. He didn't care about family, friends. He's like, I can't eat chips. Okay, I'm on chips, mate. Yeah, so sad. <laughs> so every time they go out, he tells everybody that he's a vampire. <laughs> it's supposed to be this big secret, but he just he tells everybody he sees, including that guy at the gro- at the uh, grocery store <laughs> who like mocked him. So he made like a freaky face at him, scared the shit out of the guy. Don't lie. <laughs> Don't lie to people. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Well, and then when he tells the guy, yeah, I mean, you know, later he's like, and the guy's like, I'm a vampire hunter. <laughs> He's like, fuck off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, Deacon hates Nick because he thinks Nick's, you know, the new guy who's popular now. He doesn't like that he's got a similar style. And he really hates that he's just revealing vampirism to everybody he meets because it makes him sound cool. And because of this, that vampire hunter breaks into the flat and kills Peter by exposing him to sunlight. Peter bursts into flames. And they're all, you know, very sad about this. And uh, Nick reveals, oh, I know that guy. He's a vampire hunter. And they're like, you what? <laughs> and they <laughs> they have a meeting to banish him from the from the flat for at least six months. <laughs> God. <laughs> the cops show up for a well uh, wellness check and Viago hypnotizes them. And <laughs> that's a funny scene because the cops keep stumbling into horrific shit and being like, oh, my God. You don't have any smoke alarms. <laughs> and these two cops got their own show, which is pretty cool. Unbelievable. Yeah. I got to find that show. Hmm. Yeah. That, that I love when he's like, oh, it's highly flammable. <laughs> There's a dead body right under him. <laughs> well, I love when they're talking about the smoke detectors. Deacon is on the fucking ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this? Oh, it's a highly, highly flammable hazard. Yeah, you should take care of that. Yeah, just have a bit of dialogue about it, and you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. And uh, while walking, uh, prior to this, while walking through the park, they run into a, a pack of werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they immediately start some shit with the werewolves. It's like Crips and Bloods. Like they just yeah. hate each other. <laughs> And Reese Darby is the leader of the werewolves. And he, uh, one of them tells the vampires to fuck off or something. And he goes, hey, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. That is a brilliant. Yeah, that is a great line. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, there's friction between the vampires and the werewolves. And some shit almost gets started. But they, you know, they calm down. They walk away. 
Uh, months after the banishment, the vampires receive an invitation to the Unholy Masquerade, which is uh, hosted for vampires, zombies, and witches, among other undead creatures. And Vladislav learns that the guest of honor is the beast. And he becomes despondent and upset and starts, like, freaking out and doesn't feed for a while. So he becomes this, he looks like this, like, old man. And uh, he decides not to go. They're going to dress up and Viago dresses up as Blade and Deacon says yeah. it's offensive. <laughs> oh great genius they go to the the ball viago and deacon and uh they find nick who brought stew and jackie who is now a vampire nick turned her and deacon tells nick pretty rude that you turned my servant you could have asked first (laughs) (laughs) and uh we meet the beast who is revealed to be vladislav's ex-girlfriend pauline and he's the only one who calls her the beast because she left him. <laughs> That's it. Uh. <laughs> the and uh, she's the one who discovers that Stu and the camera crew are human beings and is going to, you know, wants to eat them. Vladislav shows up and <laughs> defends them and uh, starts fighting with Pauline's new boyfriend. And Stu comes out of nowhere and impales the boyfriend from the back, and, like, they all get out of there. But when they get away, they run into the werewolves again. One of the cameramen gets eaten by the werewolf, and Stu is mauled to death. So sad. <laughs> we lose Stu. Truly. Uh, you know, if Stu's gonna go, it's gotta be, yeah, it's gotta be getting, getting you know, completely mauled by something, so. Well, that's what Deacon tells Nick. It's probably yeah. the way he would have wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I hope uh, I made you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the vampires run away. They grieve. And Nick calls them and says he's got a surprise. And he shows up at the flat with Stu, who is alive, and a werewolf. The rest of the werewolves are there, too. And they make peace because everybody loves Stu. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> the only reason they make peace. Because Stu's such a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Stew, <laughs> stew, stew is what we need here, uh, here in real life. We need a stew. Everybody needs a stew. We need a stew. Yeah, a, a guy who just brings everything together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. The pack, like, you know, they go to visit the vampires. They reconcile and they all have a good time. And I love Viago starts talking about there was this werewolf smell that permeated the entire apartment for about a half hour, but we opened some windows and got rid of that. <laughs> Uh, Viago uh, goes to visit Catherine, turns her into a vampire, and they get together. She's 96, and he's like, what is he, he says, um, some people will say, why does this 96-year-old going out with a man four times her age? They can call me Cradle Snatcher. I don't care. <laughs> oh, it's sweet that they got together in the end. I don't, it's, it's so weird, this movie. <laughs> it, it really is. There's some post-credit scenes revealed that Vladislav had another affair with Pauline. They had a violent, some angry sex. And um, Jackie has made her husband her, her familiar. So now she's got a servant that she'll nice. never find. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's what we do in the shadows. There's not really a plot. It's just kind of just watching these vampires go through their day-to-day. It, it reminds me a lot of This is Spinal Tap. Yes. Kind of mindless, you know fake documentary and I, th- I think it's brilliant i think it's hilarious yeah. yeah i do too i think it's a genius piece of work i, I would give it a nine personally um i think it's a- as good as you can get for for a mockumentary is the about vampires it's it, hilarious again i i you know it has moments of like actual fear <laughs> of actual horror and i think like you said it's kind of watching like a day in the life uh with these guys and yet there is still so many like uh, you know, so many moments of Taika and Jermaine and, and the whole the whole team paying homage to horror and to vampire films and uh, referencing them and calling them out and using their characters to kind of, you know, based off like, you know, <laughs> I love that. I love the Jermaine Clement. You know, I, he he probably has a fashion fascination with Gary Oldman. And so it's yeah. just really cool. It's really cool to see all that stuff uh, and, and, and inside of one movie. That's an hour and 25 minutes. It's just that doesn't come around very often. So I, I couldn't couldn't recommend this movie more 
I love that scene where Deacon and Nick are fighting after uh, Deacon like learned that Nick's been calling, telling everybody that he's a vampire, and Nick says something like, "I'm I am a vampire. I'm Dracula." And Deacon goes like, "You don't know who the fuck Dracula is." <laughs> he just gets really offended. <laughs> it's little things like that that you can tell yeah. these guys fucking love vampire movies, and they yes. wanted to do something original, and they pulled it off big time. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I give this film an eight. Um, I think it's hilarious. Features a decent bit of horror. It's original, and I think upon repeated viewings, this could become a nine for me. Yeah, eventually. yeah, I think yeah, I think it's one that we will always be talking about, especially you and I. I mean, forever. Like we'll re- be rewatching it forever, for sure. So there were a number of spinoffs that came out of this one. First up, there's the series Wellington Paranormal, which follows the hapless cops from the film Officers Minogue and O'Leary as they investigate paranormal phenomena in the city of Wellington, New Zealand. And it's about to enter its third season. So I got to check this show out. Yeah, me too. I would love to love to see everything that's kind of, you know, touched by this. Taika and Jermaine created that show, and I think they've written a few episodes as well. Perfect. Next, there was the American remake series, What We Do in the Shadows, that airs on FX and Hulu. It follows three ancient vampires who live together in Staten Island. It is currently on the tail end of its second season and has been renewed for a third. I'm going to have to check this out, too. I haven't watched the show but I've heard great things. Yeah, I've just seen a couple episodes, but I, I definitely will get get on it, um, especially after doing this episode. Just yeah, I'm just fired up about this whole franchise. <laughs> Me too, man. And finally, the spinoff film We're Wolves has been announced. This film will use the same mockumentary style and will focus on the werewolf community in Wellington. No word yet on when it will be released or if the cast will be returning. I hope, I hope it does. I want Reese Darby and his pack to be the main characters. Yes. And I'm sure they will, but... Yeah, that recently was announced, so there hasn't really been any development yet. But, uh, yeah, here's open. I think it's going to be great. So that is all for this week, listeners. Uh, Be sure to check out next week's episode on Aliens, in which Josh may be joining us once again. Thank you for tuning in to Filmgasm twice a week. And just know that this new format doesn't mean a downturn in quality. If anything, focusing on one Filmgasm and one Oscar Sunday will give us enough time and opportunity to make each episode the best we can make it. And we will see you next Wednesday for Aliens. And for the last time, happy Friday. Mm